Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Dara L. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Today we are reading from the big book, page 57, the second paragraph, beginning with, what is this but a miracle of healing and reading through offered himself to his master. Then he knew. Today's readers are Nancy T. is reading the 12 steps. Evelyn B. the 12 traditions. Ramona A. is reading the text. Rachel P. is reading the vision for you selection. Nancy, uh, Nancy P. is our backup reader today. Nancy C. will be the host of the second hour. And Ken W.H. is our newcomer greeter. So thank you to all of you. Um, the reference numbers for yesterday, January 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 8,007, I'm sorry, 19,877. That's 19,877. And the 10 a.m. meeting is 19,878. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. So I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps of OA. Go ahead, Nancy. Thank you, Dara. Good morning, everybody. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, and I'll pass. Oh, thank you so much, Nancy T. Um, okay, I will now ask Evelyn B. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Go ahead, Evelyn. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, Evelyn B. from Massachusetts, uh, recovered compulsive overeater one day at a time. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Oh, great. Thank you so much uh, for reading, Evelyn. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 57, the second paragraph, beginning with what is this but a miracle of healing and reading through offered himself to his master, then he knew. Um, So I will now ask Ramona A. to get us started. Go ahead, Ramona A. Good morning, everyone. This is Ramona A. in Vermont, and uh, a recovered compulsive eater. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. 
circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker, and then he knew. A very short paragraph, but it certainly says an awful lot. So uh, when I look at my life and I can see those, those little elements in my life too, circumstances made him willing. Uh, circumstances made me willing to to try most anything, and I think that I had tried things that I, you know, that I uh, thought my work, that I would hope work uh, for my compulsive eating, and you know, I. But the circumstances, you know, the humiliation that I caused myself, the the times that I would just eat when I said I wasn't going to eat, and it said. Even to other people, I'm not going to eat. You know, I I won't have any of that. You know, don't worry about it. And uh, I'd end up eating more than anyone else. You know, so it and times that I just um, just had a hard time. But it wasn't just the food; it was life. I tried to control life. I tried to control the people around me. I tried to control all the circumstances. And it wasn't possible to do it, so I lived in pain. And when I lived in pain, I went to food. So those were the circumstances. Um, and he humbly offered himself to his maker. And we have to get to that point to be humbled. And I, and I was. I was beaten. And I offered myself to my maker, but I was afraid of my maker at that time. It took time, but God is persistent. And, and recovery is, is progressive, just the same as the disease. And I'm so grateful for that because over time I began to see that God was not uh, this fearful, punishing God that, you know, I couldn't, couldn't trust whatever was going to happen. Over time I saw that it was trustworthy and I could, I could um, trust, I could lean on my God. And with that, then I've offered myself more and more, and over time, I've come to know. And for that, I have to say that it is truly a miracle of healing, and I am profoundly grateful. And with that, I pass. Uh, thank you so much, Ramona A., for getting us started. Um, although we value everyone's experience, strength, and hope, this meeting requests that you limit your share to every third day to give everyone a chance to share. And when you unmute and give your name, please give your name just once so that I can hear everyone. Um, so who would like to share next? Nancy P. Katie B. From Boston. Leia Kelly S. Kathy S. Okay, uh, one second. So I, there are two names that I missed, but I'll tell you who I got. I got Nancy P. There was a gentleman who was coming in who I did not get. Then I got Katie G., Leah S., Kelly S., Kathy S., and Loretta. So who are the two people that I missed? Lori B. Okay, I got you, Lori B. I'll put you at the end. And there was someone else who was coming in early on in the lineup. I think it was a gentleman who I missed. Jason K. Okay, got you, Jason. And then there was one other person who was just coming in now. Um, all right, we'll go with that lineup. So Nancy P, Jason K, Katie G, Leah S, Kelly S, Kathy S, Loretta, Mr. Last Initial, and then Lori B. So go ahead, Nancy P, and and um and share with us. 
Hi, good morning, um, everybody. Good morning. This is Nancy P. Recovered in Westminster, Massachusetts. <coughs> Excuse me. This miracle is a promise. Uh, you know, my sponsor said it's a promise, but it's not a mystery. The healing is what I get if I do what the book says. And what it means to me is that I have this conception of something that takes care of me and never fails. I picked it. I decided everything about it. I chose things that I can embrace that are not repulsive to me. Um, and I can embrace all of that without reservation. And I have no reservations of any kind. I, you know, I never liked the cross, the crescent, or the star because religion never worked for me, so I'm not in that space. But where I live is a miracle in spite of all that. I know exactly how I got here. I'm healed. I laid my cornerstone down, and I built my spiritual structure on it, and I continue to build on it every day. I haven't stopped Food is no longer an issue that causes distress or trouble for me, miracle, but the rest of my life is also not a problem for me. My recovery changes and grows and strengthens every day. I keep at it and I continue to grow in understanding and effectiveness, like it says in step 10. The circumstances in my life crushed me. My life had gotten to the point where I had been broken and beaten and crushed to a pulp and left for dead, and that's what I needed just to get my attention. I didn't so much humbly offer myself to anything as I just picked up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at my feet, especially working with other people because after I put the food down, the real work began. So I needed other people to keep me sane and those people saved me. And I called them every day and then I, I, and I talked to them and, you know, for a few minutes or five minutes or, you know, 20 minutes and I'd put the phone down and I'd cry and then I'd dry my tears and call somebody else, always asking them how they were doing. And I did that for months. But I'm here today to say that this miracle of healing is just that. Um, it's pretty straightforward. It's like if-then, like high school geometry proofs. Um, when I did what the book said, exactly as it says it, as hard as I could, I got what they promised me. When I tried to skate, when I tried to find an easier, softer way, I got nothing. Zero. My agnosticism made all of this possible for this compulsive overeat of the hopeless variety. How else can I explain why I live so joyfully between the space of belief in God and atheism? But here I am, happily and serenely doing just that. My life today is packed with goodness and wonderfulness, and I haven't hurt myself with food in years, and I have no desire to. A miracle. I know with certainty that I'm safe and protected, that I never have to worry again, and that my feelings don't own me. I live in light and joy every minute of every day, and it's a pretty good bargain. Depends on only one thing: surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P, for sharing with us. Go ahead, Jason K. Good morning, Jason K, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic. Um, thanks for. Uh, placing me here in the second. I thought I was going to be at the end of this group, so I'm a little unprepared. But we're following this thread in the agnostics where um, this person uh, going through the dark night of the soul um, in this bed tumbles out of the bed and says, who am I to say there is no God? And he has this, um, what Bill calls this miracle of healing. You know, this book is filled with promises. We have these miracles of healing available to us. And now Bill could just tell us in prose and text about this, but it's, it's so powerful to hear these specific stories of individuals going through this dark night of the soul to being, being crushed by a self-imposed crisis. 
And guess what? Each one of us on this line, we have a story to tell. We can be a miracle of healing, and we can share these simple elements. Uh, you know, and he talks about these elements are simple. You know, before I got into recovery and bounced around the fellowship and kind of tried to work a bunch of tools and, and, and was, I was very, very, very confused, suffering, struggling, and I didn't really understand the true nature of what I was uh, suffering and struggling with. And recovery seemed complex and complicated, and I seemed on the outside like I couldn't get it. But, but, but the truth is, and the good news is, is that this is a really, really simple program. It may not be easy. We might have to be crushed by a self-imposed um, crisis. Um, you know, Bill uses this word, circumstances made him willing to believe. And, and circumstances, I'm doing this in like air quotes, means, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 years, like decades of compulsive eating, of things getting worse and worse, uh, of losing control, uh, any semblance of control, uh, just being obliterated. These are the circumstances. This is our step one experience. Makes us willing to believe. And that experience for me, uh, being, being able to be humbled and therefore then to humbly offer myself to my maker, um, took a lot of pain, uh, discouragement, uh, self-hatred, and, and constantly being caught up in a cycle of relapse, attempting to control uh, and, 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 and that's what it took. It took a long time of that for me um, before I was able to have the miracle of healing, um, before I was able to become willing to believe. I believed in God, but I didn't have that humble part. I had this sense of, I think I, I knew better. I was too smart for my own good, um, but circumstances made me willing, and I started to become willing to go to any length. And I started to ask questions and become really, really teachable. Um, so my last point. Time. My last thought. <laughs> today is a miracle. Today is a miracle. Yep. Thank you very much. No worries. Bye. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, thank you for your share. And um, Katie G, you're up. Go right ahead. Morning, Dara. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everybody. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive eater in Boston. Um, yeah, when I was looking at this paragraph uh, this morning, my heart got really sad thinking about this miracle of healing. Um, a year ago, I was sitting in this room, um, 15 pounds lighter, uh, bonier, and more miserable than ever. My Digest, my digestive system was in shambles. And if you called me on the phone, I probably would have alienated you and all your friends because I was so devastated from the internal circumstances. You know, when I have read this paragraph in the past, I would have given you all the circumstances, all the external bad stuff that's happened to me. And coming into these rooms, I thought that I had done my time, right? Like I thought that Things in life should not be hard for me anymore because I suffered what I suffered in compulsive eating, and now life should be great. And if you looked at my circumstances last year at this time, there was absolutely no reason that I should be dead inside. I have 
God has blessed me with a man that loves me and accepts me. I have two, two, not one, but two children, and I am barren. I've had a professional life. Um, these circumstances should not have driven me to the places that my mind, that my internal circumstances did to me, and yet I've had a miracle. You know, today um, I have been the product of a search and rescue mission. I never liked it when people talked about miracles. I thought miracles were sappy and a sappy way to describe recovery, and yet here I am. I'm the product of someone's search and rescue mission who had the audacity to tell me that I was unteachable because I had so much pride and ego, and thanks be to God that she did, right? And so today, um, I can be completely unperfect. I can um, be catapulted and recognize that the circumstances that made me willing to believe was the internal life, the internal unmanageability that made me want to die. It's pretty sad when you think that the only good thing that can happen to you in a day is a scale or, you know, or exercise. And I have to tell you, I don't. I don't feel that way today. And as, and as somebody said earlier, that's just the beginning. You know, like there is a lot of life when you're not exercising bulimically. There's a lot of life when you're not worried about what you look like or anything else. There are children to love on. And how about the fellows? I mean, if you're not sponsoring and you're able to, man, there are so many women and men who are ready and eager to sponsor. And if you're missing it, it is like the most magnificent thing in the entire world. So I'm just, I'm eternally grateful for the women who rescued me. I'm eternally grateful for this meeting that continues to rescue me. And I'm internally grateful that all I have to do is one day at a time be one among many and God will continue to restore me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G, for your share. Um, Leah S., go ahead and share with us, please. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Um, my name is Leah S., and I am so gratefully recovered in Brooklyn, New York. I humbly offered myself. I humbled. I, I, I really humbly. And that means that things came automatically to me, you know. I didn't think too much about what my life was like or how it was like. So, okay, got to go on a diet again, got to do this again, got to do that. Oh, got to control that and got to... And once I really took this program seriously and I really understood that, no, I'm not a bad person, but I'm a person that needs a little bit more understanding of my life and that needs a little bit more of the pause that 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 there are circumstances there are situations you are in that you are absolutely not in control of and the more i thought about it i thought the more i saw that i am not in control of anything at all <laughs> so this powerful powerful um, God had to become mine and very personal. It had to, I had to come to believe, to to understand that the program is simple, but I was trying to be smarter than thou. <laughs> I was trying to do things my way. And once I humbly offered myself to my maker, to my God, 
I understood that I just need to follow directions. I need to follow the people that were talking about recovery. I don't see any of you, but I hear it in your voices. I hear the truth and the and the miracles. And and slowly but surely, my life has turned around a 180-degree angle, and it can still do so. It can still do so because life is lifey, and that's what it's all about. And I'm so glad to belong to every one of you, and I will pass. Uh, thank you so much for your share, Leah S. Um, Kelly S., will you share with us, please? Yes, I will. It's Kelly S. Hey, Dara, thanks for your service. Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, wow, some really great shares. That's a really powerful paragraph. Um, so circumstances made him willing to believe. Yeah, it's not some great virtue of mine. It was um, my disease, as they say, is a great persuader. And it took a lot of persuading for this very sick compulsive eater um, decades in the rooms of compulsive eating, um, and it, and it was that it was that desperation, those circumstances, my disease pushing me further and further into the food, um, into my bedevilments, away from God, away from you guys. Um, and there's, uh, you know, I used to get very argumentative about it. Is it desperation? Is it surrender? Is it desperation? Is it surrender? You know, and. Uh, well, guess what? It's both, right? I did have to get desperate. I had to run out of options. I had to run out of options in the room because I kept looking for solutions in the rooms, you know, the tools, the meetings, um, the steps, the sponsors, the, the you know, all those things that are great, that are tools, but I didn't have that cornerstone in place like it talked about in the previous paragraph, that cornerstone, which is our companionship with our creator. That piece was missing. Pretty important piece obviously, right? But, you know, I I got desperate. I ran out of options. I'm back in the food. You know, I'm relapsing over and over and every time getting worse. And so finally, you know, the disease is the great persuader. I surrender. <laughs> surrender, 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 right? <laughs> and to my loving friend who shares that every time I hear her share, um, we know who she is. So, um, is this a miracle of healing? What else can it freaking be, you guys? Um, maintaining 125-pound weight loss, no longer binging and purging. Yeah, that is a freaking miracle. But what else is a miracle? I am living an honest life today. My mom used to tell me I would lie when the truth would work. I embellish, right? Today I'm being real-time honest, as my sponsor said. I get up and spend 30 minutes every time with God. I want to spend time with my companion, my BFF. You know, that's a freaking miracle, right? I want to make amends. I don't like it, but that's a freaking miracle. I want to be a different, better person. I want to show up today. You know, I want this entire psychic change. I want to live in this, you know, this fourth dimension I heard people talking about. You know, it's no longer just about the weight and the food. I'm actually having this, this thing I used to hear people. The elements are simple, as we've been hearing. Follow the instructions. Honesty. Get that cornerstone in place. Do what the book says. You know, it too can happen. It really is. You know, as always said to Kumbaya, it's a miracle. You know, put my hand in yours. Guess what? It's all true. It works. I'm so grateful today to be part of that miracle. That I pass. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Kelly S., for your share. Um, 
So before Kathy S., Loretta, and Lori B. come on and share, I'm just going to let everyone know that we are on page 57, the second paragraph of the big book, beginning with what is this but a miracle of healing, reading through offered himself to his master, then he knew. So, okay, Kathy S., go ahead and share with us, please. Thanks, Dara. This is Kathy S., recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia. And what an awesome paragraph in these short sentences. I mean, if you're looking for a miracle, which if you're listening to this meeting as a newcomer, you probably are. And and it says right here, its elements are very simple. What we need, your circumstances make you willing to believe and you humbly offer yourself to a power greater than yourself. Belief and power. That's it. And, um, and, it, and, it, and it was my case as well. The circumstances that made me willing was just all the different attempts that failed. I was powerless. I couldn't do this on my own. I could not heal myself. I could not stop myself from eating foods that just took me to destruction and despair. And I couldn't stay out of them because of a mental obsession. Um, again, and we've all, we've all talked about it ad finitum, you know, we just, it's unlimited, the different lengths that we've gone. And yet here we were, so we were left with no choice. And I had to just, just change things in my belief. And I had to trust in a God of a whole new understanding, setting aside everything I thought I knew and just, Ask God to be the wisdom that I need and the power and the faith and the courage and the love, all these things that I need. And, and humbly offering myself means that I'm going to do it. I got to put, you know, faith without works is dead. I have to actually act as if God is going to do all those things for me. And, and recently, even, you know, the, the restored to sanity is the miracle. And um, as early or recently as Sunday, you know, I've got two and a half years of recovery and, and I was hungry. I was really hungry. And I called, I was like, you know, I'm thinking cookie dough. So I called a friend in program and I just started talking about, you know, there's always something. It's this circumstance that's beyond my control. Like my daughter who's in the, you know, she's engaged, she's looking to get married and, and we went dress shopping with her two future mother-in-laws and she found a dress and that dress needs alterations. And I'm like, you know, I get so overwhelmed with all the details, the expenses and everything. And, but in that conversation, we were talking about the gratitude. I said, you know what the greatest miracle is? I'm not sitting here thinking about that wedding day going, I'm not going to get to eat cake or drink champagne. That didn't even cross my mind, you know, and that's, the miracle, I wasn't worried at all about the food. And, and all I could see was this is my opportunity to watch my daughter, the fruits of my labor, you know, basically entertain the people as a bride. And um, just all the gratitude that I had. And then life became very full in that instant. It was all the gratitude. And, and I wasn't hungry anymore. That's God restoring humanity. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy S., for your share. Um, Loretta, go ahead and share with us, and please give your last initial when you do. Good morning, Dara. Loretta H., recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Love the shares. I'm so privileged to have followed all those shares today um, because my maker has actually 
helped me stay safe uh, for two decades, and I am so grateful. And I wanted to um, hone in on the word circumstance, and then I wanted to read part of Dr. Bob's humility prayer, which to me, I have it beside my bed. And this is what I feel. I used to feel humiliation, and now I'm actually in the, um, just in gratitude all the time. So circumstances, condition or event, fact that causes something to um, happen, which most likely is undesirable. And that's how I lived for 54 years. I'm 75 now. Uh, and with the grace of God, in neutrality, in food, and hopefully most of this days in my affairs. I can go in and shut the door and kneel to my father in secret, be at peace, as in a deep sea of calmness, when all around and about is seeming trouble. And that's what I get today. I grew up in the um, 40s when things were calm, or I started in the 40s. And thank God today I have this program to live in today, which is so different than when I grew up. And I am just so grateful that I can actually be in the sea of calmness and have neutrality. And I kind of equate neutrality because I pray for that every day as being in humility so that I don't get frustrated or angry or whatever. And I can be with God, see God's face in all my affairs and be a person of usefulness, love, honesty, and authenticity. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Darren. Thanks all for sharing. You have saved my life along with my precious God. Oh, thank you, Loretta H., for your share. Um, Lori B., go ahead and share with us, please. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lori B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York City. Um, thank you for allowing me to do service, and thank you for all those that shared previous to me. Um, this paragraph, though, though very little print, it means so, so much. Um, I look at my circumstances that brought me into the fellowship, um, a compulsive overeater who had a gastric bypass and was considering having a second gastric bypass in order to stop the eating. And I was denied by my insurance company. That's a circumstance that brought me into these rooms because I was determined that no matter what, though that was, I thought, to be the easiest, softer way, it actually was a catapult into this fellowship to the easiest of the way, and that's through my higher power that I choose to call God today. Um, because of the fellowship and the meal plan and the sponsor and the 12 steps and the 12 traditions, I'm able to have a, a better grasp on my eating situation, well, my eating problems. That's what it is. It's my disease, and I'm going to claim it. But I'm only claiming it to show you what the miracles can happen if you follow these simple steps that are based on our recovery in this program. Um, 
I lost 35 pounds. That's great. That wasn't the miracle. The miracle was when I went to the doctor yesterday, she told me that my 9.3A1C, because I'm diabetic, was now a 6.0, that my blood pressure was stable, that my cholesterol was stable. All these things happened because I followed directions, the direction that my higher power showed me through shares from you, from guidance from a sponsor, and for dedication to waking up each morning and, and including him throughout my day that this miracle has happened, that the healing has begun. And I'm pretty sure there's more healing to come after that. Um, I'm determined to continue my relationship with my higher power, not just because of, of what he does, but who he is. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for you people, you fellows, that listen to me when I first came back into OA and kind of virtually raised my hand. You gave me so much. I'll end with this. You gave me so much welcome, and please continue to give welcome to newcomers such as myself. And with that, I'll pass. Oh, thank you so much, Lori B., for your share. Um, so we are on page 57, the second paragraph of the big book, and if you haven't shared um, in the last couple of days, feel free to unmute yourself now and give your information, first name and last initial only. Who would like to Sugar share? Sugar Trisha G. Carmela Vasa O. Okay. Beto B. Okay. So I got someone L was the first person. I didn't catch that first name. What was that? Cheryl. Cheryl, okay. I got Cheryl L, Trisha G, Vasa O, Pedro B, and then um, I have space for two more people. So who else would like to share with us? Carmela G, Barbara gotcha. G. Okay, Carmela and Barbara. So that'll be our lineup. Cheryl, Trisha, Vasa, Pedro, Carmela, and Barbara. Um, go right ahead, Cheryl. Thank you very much, Dara, and thank you all of you for your beautiful shares this morning. Uh, my name is Cheryl L. I'm a compulsive overeater living in New Hampshire. Um, I could really relate this morning to the shares about the internal circumstances driving me back here. Um, I was, I had seven years of abstinence, but I did not work this program very hard in those seven years, and so at the end of that time, I found that it was. Um, the food was, I felt was under control, and so I decided I could do it without the program, and you all know the rest of that story. Um, today, I'm back, and I'm four, four months abstinent, and I am working the steps with a sponsor. Um, I, my internal circumstances were what drove me back in here. Everything looked good on the outside, and everybody thought that I was happy, joyous, and free, but really, in, in reality, I was miserable. I was unhappy with the way that I looked and the way that I felt, and I needed to do something different. Um, so today I'm working these steps, and I'm finding that I, I do still try to control others. I still try to control others' um, behaviors and to change my circumstances and to change my experience. 
and that's not, I think, what God wants for me. My, um, what I'm really trying to work on is keeping God, my friend, by my side um, daily. I do the morning prayers, and, and I get on my knees, and I say the third step, the seventh step, and the serenity prayer. And I've also been st- starting to do some meditation with um, guided guided meditation. But my sponsor has suggested to me that I really need to sit quiet with God and not allow any outside distractions. And I'm, and I think that that's really what I need to do. I am. Um, I keep searching outside for the presence of my higher power, but that higher power is truly within me. Um, So that's all I needed to share today. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful, blessed, absent day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl L., so much for your share. Tricia G., go right ahead. Thank you. Hi, I'm Tricia G. I live in Washington State, recovered compulsive eater. I wanted to share on how the positive circumstances made me willing to believe. I came in just as everyone did um, because of negative circumstances, not being able to control my eating. And I recognized as an agnostic, you know, I, I knew I was powerless over the laws of nature. That was obvious. And that was my starting point. That was enough. But I also recognized, and I heard in the rooms, um, how people needed to be willing. And I recognized I wasn't willing. So my daily prayer became, help me to be willing and help me to be teachable. And I said that for weeks. And slowly, I opened up to this idea that I was not in charge of other people and circumstances in life. And if I just let things go and let the universe take care of it, I would not have this inner turmoil. So I started small, and the results were amazing. I would let things go, stopped having ruminating thoughts, didn't research how other people need to fix their lives, just let it go. And things often turned out way better than I ever could imagine that they would have had I been in charge. But even more wonderful and miraculous is I stopped being dysregulated. I stopped needing to eat because I didn't have to fix everybody. And that was the circumstances that made me be willing to believe that surrendering is what keeps me abstinent and in the recovered state. So today my prayer is the same prayer as always. Help me to be willing and help me to be teachable. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tricia G. Vasa A, uh, sorry, Vasa O, go right ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Dara L, for your service. And Vasa, grateful to have a compulsive overeater calling from Port Chavez, Florida. Thank you for all the shares. This is my treatment. I never went outside to get treatment for for food addiction, I never knew they existed. But I'm so grateful that my higher power led me into Overeaters Anonymous, and I was not a praying. You know, I was. You know, I had a fear of God, but every once in a while, I did pray to God. And I remember before I came to the programs, 
praying out to God and saying, God, if you're out there, please show me where you are. Give me a sign. Just give me. I didn't know anything about the food addiction, you know. I remember feeling so overwhelmed with life and life's problems. With the food, I thought I just needed to control it by myself. Well, I tried it for 25 years of my life. And I did everything I have heard here. The only thing I didn't do, I didn't have my jaws wired in those days, which they did. This was like 37, 38 years ago. And I was just too embarrassed or maybe to have the gastro bypass or go to a hypnotist. And everything else I tried that I heard people tried. And I could put it down for a while, but I never could, could keep it down. So for me, it was I had hit bottom. I came to the end of myself, and my God did bring me, you know, to the program, and I had to set everything aside that I knew about food addiction by myself, everything, and start all over again. And yes, I came to surrender. I, you know, with the food was with the food number one, and the way my life and my will was a very gradual surrender. But I needed to start with the food, and I'm so grateful. In the first edition, the big book, I read how the hundred men and women recovered. You know, what did they do? And I, I'm willing. I'm to do whatever they do. Please, I, just give it. Show me. Show me. And that's what I did. I did the first three steps, and I'm. It, the food was progressive. You know, I know I wasn't hundred dollars, hundred fifty, or two hundred pounds. Overweight. I'm very, I'm very active, very physical, but I did try bulimia and anorexia. I tried all of them. None of it worked. So this was the answer to my problem: coming to the 12-step program and surrender. Number one, I needed to have the clarity to surrender with the food, you know, and then to work the rest of the steps and. I remember, oh, that's my time. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, Pedro B., go right ahead and share with us, please. Good morning. Could I be heard? Now you can. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Pedro B. I am a compulsive overeater from San Bernardino, California. Thank you, everyone, for being here. And, um, uh, the one word stood out for me was miracle. Uh, what is the miracle that's happening in my life? Uh, and uh, the miracle is that I'm not compulsive over eating now. Now, see, I'm just 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 like the alcoholic. I'm just one drink away from being drunk. I'm just one bite away from 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 compulsive overeating. So I need to work this program now. You know, and in. And, uh, I think uh, if I forget. I think it's how it works. It talks about uh, remember we're dealing with with alcohol, cunning, baffling power. Without much, with, without help, is too much for us. But there's one who has the power down us. God, may you find him now. Okay, so now is the time that I need to be connected to this power that's going to do the miracle of me not eating compulsively, not overeating. You know. Uh, and for me, you know, the fact that I'm not eating compulsive now um, tells me that I'm recovered. And there is a solution. Uh, in the very first paragraph, it, it says, nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. So 
we have solved the eating problem. And that is the miracle for me, right? That is the miracle, that I need to be connected. See, I had a friend that used to, oh, but do I have to, I want God to come and do it for me. And it's like, no, you have to do your part, brother. You have to do your part. God is going to help you. He's not going to do it for you, you know? And I'm so grateful that I have that clarity today. You know, God is going to do for me what I cannot do for myself, but he's not going to do it for me. I need to bring the shovel and the pick. I need to do my part. I need to follow my food plan. I need to follow my action plan. And God will take care of the rest of my life. But I got to do my part. He's not going to do it for me. The one I have to be careful is the other side. The side that wants to destroy me. That I have to be vigilant about. Thank you for letting me share. That's enough out of me. Oh, thank you, Pedro B., for your share. Um, Carmela G., go ahead and share with us, please. Thank you so much. My name is Carmela G., and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater, recovered for today from New York. <clears throat> Listening this morning, I I wasn't quite sure that I was going to share, but the message that I got and what I learned through first my higher power, and then listening to all the voices. Each one of us has come into this program differently. We've entered differently with various um, behaviors with food that brought us to a program for help and the gift that we got was who opened the door because we were willing, was a power greater than ourselves. And that's the other piece that just amazes me. My higher power, I call God. The qualities of my higher power are love and mercy, perfect love and mercy, beyond any imperfect human. The gift is that this higher power, each one of us have our own vision of a higher power. And this higher power is not egotistical, doesn't let the ego get in the way the way we humans do. And however we let this higher power into our lives, This higher power helps us through it all, provided we're willing to do the work, to live in the steps, do the steps. And that's such a beautiful thing because for me, my higher power can be my role model because my ego was huge. My self-righteousness was out of control. I wanted to control everything. And the reward, the miracle, is that today I can trust. I can trust in a power greater than myself, and I can live amongst people and not judge them and not be angry and not have resentments. That's the miracle. And what is the end result? The end result is peace and joy. 
provided that I live every day trying and working this program and living as my higher power wants me to live. Serving him first. Time. Thank you. And then being kind to others. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Barbara G., go ahead and take us out. Go ahead and share, please. Yes, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for your service and cheers. My name is Barbara G. from Paris, calling from New York. And um, I, I too, did not know whether to share or not this morning. And then the, my, my higher power guided me to do that. I, I was working on step 12 this morning before coming on the meeting. And uh, um, I was reflecting on the circumstances that made me willing. And um, I never have enough of uh, remembering what brought me here because uh, when I, if I am here to help the other compulsive or eater who is still suffering, I need to remember where I come from. And so remembering their circumstances that made me willing, for me it's very important in order to have a good relationship with the newcomer and to give a good message. And uh, as I was listening to you, I was thinking, okay, fine, those were the circumstances that made me willing. And what comes next? Because uh, yes, the willingness for me in all areas of my life uh, is like the opening door, as we say, the keys that opens the door, as we say in step three. But uh, after I open that door, I need to give my will and my life over to this higher power we've so, so greatly spoken of this morning. And a parenthesis I want to open here, I heard so much wisdom this morning. I don't know if I was here with my ears very open, but I think that there is always so much wisdom on this meeting. Parenthesis closed, I was saying that, yes, when I opened that door to uh, hand over my will and my life over to this power, um, I have to remember that uh, he, it, she, whatever we want to call it, is the only one I need to uh, I need to obey. And that's the hardest part for me, because I am sometimes overwhelmed by other voices, the voices that come from my head, the voices that come from around, the voices that come from my ancestors, from whatever. And I make things very complicated, where, where I, whereas it's so simple. And I want to thank you all, because this morning you reminded me how simple it is. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Barbara G., for your share. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing of this meeting. The share ID for today, which is Tuesday, January 24th, is 19,880. Again, that's 19,880. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Um, Rachel P., will you please read a vision for you for us? 
Yes, good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.